Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and we're in Soul Talk. And today we have a very special guest and uh, and something that I, as an artist, I have never realized that uh, when you tell me copyright before, I always thought as an artist that it was someone not plagiarizing my work, you know, or copying my work. That's what I understood before. But this is kind of a different meaning and is very, very useful as the other part also is useful, but that's in a very separate area. And I met someone amazing that uh, that she's going to blow your mind as soon as I, I, I we had this conversation with her. Her name is Blaze Hunter, and she's in Canada right now. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit of who she is before we have this conversation with her. Blaze is a breaking barriers with the consulting agency Blaze Trail uh, Inc., known as the modern-day superhero heroine, and she constants for women to own the super-identity. Blaze is an author and multi-award-winning humanitarian international speaker, certified human rights advocate, copywriter, mother of purpose, and breaking the, uh, in, of chains. She's a change agent for women's rights. Blaze is a fertility expert that do not help you for getting pregnant. Instead, she helped you to, fertile, uh, to be fertile in the lives in the birth of confidence and dream goals and books and brands. And please, thank you for accepting my invitation for Soul Talk. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Yes, like I mentioned before, I before I only heard copyright in the text of uh, for writers or for artists in general. But this is the, the first time, actually, that, uh, not the first time, because I just met you through a group that we, and you're coaching me. I'm <laughs> learning <laughs> a lot. Uh, but, uh, but this is new for me, in reality, because this is completely new. And more, if we're talking about in English, it has to do a different meaning for me in, in this context. Can you explain us a little bit more? What are you doing in the copyright uh, area, please? For sure. Yes, it's kind of confusing. I'm an artist as well with my writing and my expression. So copyright with an R is like intellectual property. You own your rights to something as an artist, as a singer, as anything like that, as a writer. But copywriter is the W, like writing. And that's about leveraging your language and learning how to use the words that work for you in your business or whatever avenue that you're pursuing, that you channel and leverage all of that proper language that uses for your artistry and your business and really let it work for you. So that's what I do is I help people use the right language for them to propel them forward in their business. So I write things for them, whether it's their websites, their bios, their elevator pitches, things that they write on promotional materials. I help you 
take all of those words that really capsulate all of what your essence is and really tax the punch. Yes, and that's very important because I, as an artist, when they tell you write your bio, it is so hard to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. It is because there is always that fear of the ego. Oh, I'm talking too much about me. Mm-hmm. But that, but as your presentation card at the same time, how do your people are going to know about you if you are not talking about you? <laughs> right? Exactly. There's a fine line. And it's always just learning to like, it's okay to celebrate you. It's okay. I think we live in a world where we have to be, especially I'm in Canada, we're very humble. <laughs> and we're supposed to be humble and oh no, bashful. No, we're supposed to own our what we're doing and our passions. And that's not ego. That's just owning it with confidence. You can drive into ego where you're bragging or that's actually an indicator that you're feeling low confidence. <laughs> but it's okay to promote yourself. You're supposed to. And we really need to in this world, especially with everything that's on online. And, you know, there's a thousand people doing what you're doing. How do you set yourself apart from the pack? That's about how you sell yourself and how you carry yourself, how you can position your words and really say things from the heart that really impact people and draw people close to you like a magnet. It's all from the power of your words. Yes. And, uh, and you're building your website and so forth, you need to use the proper wording, correct? Mm-hmm. Or landing pages or whatever promotion you're doing. And so guys, I really recommend you to check her website. That her information is going to be at the in the description in, in this video. So like that, you can look for her because believe me, I, I, I have one meeting with her and it was amazing. It blew my mind. yeah I think that you know we often look at it and you were like oh well just explain what I'm doing which is fine and there's nothing wrong with it I just help people elevate that because it could be bland it could be self-explanatory it could just say exactly what you do but you can up level it a bit and give it some firepower and it actually propels your business so like really use utilizing the words properly really helps you navigate your business and just it does the advertising for you so putting a lot of forethought and leveraging your language is really a key factor and the attention span of the of the humans have changed a lot so we're going to write a bio that is going to be two pages long no one is going to read it. I, I will not read my own biography if it's two pages long. <laughs> it will bore me. No, it's learning. It's an art, too. And really Google it. I help with that. You know, we like to start by telling the story of like, oh, I grew up on a farm and, you know, I have five brothers and sisters. You know, that's a great life story that is not about your bio. You have to cut away, like you said, the attention span we have now as a human race (laughs) gotten worse of attention span than a goldfish a goldfish is nine seconds humans have four you have to be able to catch people's attention on social media or when they're sitting peering to a conference or a podcast you have four seconds to kind of get them that's the first sentence that's less than the first sentence. there's the first few words pack a punch in that and grab people's attention Yes, I, I have that problem all the time as 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 a ex-owner of a gallery. 
with the long bios of the artists or even with the coaches in my podcast when they send me and I asked them for the bio, they send me pages and pages and a lot of times he didn't even say anything. Yes. Words. <laughs> 300 words doesn't say much or 50 to 80 words says so much. And it's just practicing how to refine to talk in bullet points and really high powered hits you in the heart for memorable statements that says little that really impacts a lot. Right. Yes. And that takes me to something that I have to ask you. Because I, I see you that you're an expert, uh, of fertility, a fertility expert, but not re- not exactly to get pregnant. And so mm-hmm. that artist was confusing. Can you can you explain me more a little bit? What do you mean with that? Absolutely. So my whole career, my whole business, my whole passion and calling actually came from my pain. I had three miscarriages and I was really drowning in depression and a lack of purpose and feeling I had no calling as a woman because I couldn't do what a woman should be able to do, be fertile and birth babies. And what ended up happening was I wrote a book to heal my heart and it's called Heroin, Embrace Your Flaws and Own Your Awesome. So I I detail that I struggled with self-hatred and body image and I have a daughter. I had infertility after my daughter and then I struggled with this infertility and loss factor So I just poured my heart and soul out into this book. It was supposed to be a healing for me. And it ended up organically transitioning into a business place, The Trail Inc., where I help myself be fertile. I'm a mother of purpose. Just because I'm barren in one part of my life doesn't mean I'm a barren woman. It means I can be fertile in other ways. And I birthed my book. I birthed healing. I birthed uh, an initiative, a nonprofit group for miscarriage and loss awareness. And now I birthed this business. So I'm very fertile, even though I struggle to birth another physical baby. So that's what I want to bring to this world is expand that definition of fertility, that we can birth things. We can birth love and nurture our giftings and talents and businesses and be artistic and creative as a woman. As our calling is what our essence is all about. So that's transitioned even more into pockets of what I do. I, you know, I help you birth your books. I help you birth your brand, your confidence, and own this world. And it's really about owning that really essence of fertility and expanding what that means as, as a woman. Mm. It is something that is hard to for the persons. It is to believe in themselves, mm-hmm. to to believe that they can do a business or create something. How do you work with clients that they still do not believe in themselves? They want to, but they do not believe in themselves enough. So how they're going to become creators of anything? Yeah, I think it's the greatest struggle because, you know what, the greatest quote I think of all time is know thyself. Everybody on this world has purpose and is worthy. But unfortunately, life experiences, people, things have fogged up our filters. And so what we see is kind of a a very distorted image of who we are. So I help people kind of remove those filters and find who they are at the core so they can truly know thyself. Because once we know ourselves, we are willing to fight for that person, for their calling and their destiny and step forward. 
and love and fulfillment and happiness and purpose. So that's what I do. I really kind of help you, guide you through steps to know yourself and map out your life and always contend for that identity so you can rise through the ashes, draw your sword and breathe fire on this world. <clears throat> How do you work with authors? So I've created a system. I took a mentorship program when I published my first book and it's a great little map that I've kind of expanded and added my own twist in. So I give people ba basically a map to follow to write their book from start to finish. And what do we do when we get lost in life with our cars and our driving? We Google Maps it. But why do we think we can just turn the computer on and go blindly into writing a book or whatever we're trying to do? We need to map it out. So what I help is what I get authors to do is really write out their outline first. We map out the course of the book, the theme of it, every chapter, and we dig deep before you write one word. We map the course out. So you have a route. So you enter your coordinates. And now when you get into the computer part, you actually know exactly where you're going. You don't blindly just start typing. You know where the end goal is. And you can arrive there in a shorter way with clarity because we do the work first in the map process. So that's what I help with that. Yes, and something that I just discovered, this is this was new. I, before I knew what it was an editor, and my first language is Spanish, so I all the time looking for editors. Hey, everybody, like, help me out. And thank God I, I do have many friends that I hate to be asking them all the time for help to editing things. But that was not my point. My point was, it is I have found out there are editors for everything, not only for points and commas and and grammatics. There is the uh, the content editors and so mm -hmm. forth. And that is a totally separate thing that, uh, that doesn't have to do anything with the points and commas and, and grammar at all. It is actually way more profound. It's content. Yes, it's very different. And I didn't really realize that once I got into that realm of writing. But yeah, grammar and the, the technical part of the, of the commas and punctuation. But then there's the content part. What the point does it have a really good hook? a really good meaty middle and a very powerful conclusion. It's kind of a whole package and you need to make sure it's all balanced in there. And so part of that is storytelling, tell the story, but make sure you're not getting lost in the detail, like really refine it into it's like a very digestible story that's memorable, that impacts people. Vulnerability. We tend to start telling people what our wisdom is and what we know but it's a kind of a disconnect unless we can relate it to a vulnerable factor within ourselves to connect to the hearts. And I also help people with their brands and marketing. And I say, I don't help you sell a product or a coaching program. I help you sell a feeling. We're in the market of feelings and emotions. And when you can connect to the hearts of your consumers and your audience, they'll buy whatever you're selling because now you're connected to the emotion, not just a product. Do you work with the branding? Yes. So I'm a marketing and branding expert. I worked years in public relations. And so I help you also work with knowing thyself in your business brand identity, because you need to know yourself personally and what your goal is and what your, you know, your purpose is and who you are and what makes you unique. But then you need to marry that 
with your business identity. Because often if one is disconnected, one of the other takes on a false identity. So your business is running and you're not really connected to who you are as a person in your own identity. So now you've got this split personality, these aliases. So I help you marry the core of your identity and allow it to filter through into your business. So then it's coming from a pure core, which sets you up for success. So I help people really establish that brand identity from the start, build a solid foundation, get a a really good idea of where you want to go in your next steps and then go forth and really harness that brand identity. That is a, that is a very tough one at the beginning because we can say everybody imagine branding. Okay. Yes. The colors and this and that and fonts and the logo and that's it. Yes. No, that's not it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's part of it. It's definitely a, a segment of that, but it's a lot more about like who you are in your business. Where do you want to go? We, you know, we get a lot of that shiny penny thing, like every new thing you're like, Oh yeah, I want to do this. And I want to do this. And then you start taking on so much and we get lost. So again, I help you Google maps, your business identity to stay on course rather than getting rerouted and all these roundabouts and tangents. And you never arrive or move forward in your business ventures or your goals because you're, You're always kind of getting lost in that, who am I in your business, right? What should I be doing? And just because it's the latest thing and, the, and a good thing doesn't mean it's right for you in your business. And you always have to reconcile that with your own personal business goal. Something that uh, I remember when I, I started uh, working more as a coach after being an artist for too long. And yes, I do many things. I do soaps. I do a, a lot of stuff that I'm a very creative person. And everybody tell me, oh, you have too many hats and that's not good for a business. And I was like, then what do I do with those parts of me? Is I only sell this part or I only or I only can show this part, but I can't show the other part of me and so forth. And that was a very hard part because my mind was going, I am a writer. I am a poet. I am Spanish mm -hmm. and English and, and a painter and I do sculptures and I do this and I do that. And but. And coaching, and I only can coach in this area because, or else, it's too many areas. It's how do you put a very creative mind at ease? Because <laughs> that is very hard. <laughs> It is, and you know what? I wouldn't stifle that. I think it's finding the connector, the core, and that's where I started with the fertility expert, for instance. Right? It came from the core. Of, of my story. I explain the story of three miscarriages and I still need to be fertile and I'm worthy and I'm not barren and I'm a mother of purpose. So that started one business thing uh, of counseling mothers and fathers, of being of service, of changing the healthcare system and creating more empathy there. But then it, it derived into a coaching business of writing books. But I always came from the fertility expert niche, that core right? So I'm helping you birth something. So then I help you birth your books. Now, and another, another tentacle is now once I establish it, it doesn't happen all at once. So that's the you can have these, you know, ideas of artistry and you can put them on your to-do list of in the future. But what am I working on right now? And then once I do that, well, then I build the layer and expands the tentacle, the books, birthing of brands, birthing of how to speak your voice and how to improve your speech techniques. So I expanded 
birthing all of these things. I'm a human rights consultant now for women's reproductive health rights. So that all expanded from being a fertility expert on how to be fertile in your life or your business. So then I grew that, but it's all coming from one core connector, which is fertility. So that could be you of like, we, we talked about artistry, authenticity. Well, then that gives you room now to build in these pockets of coaching or advising or these little side projects, but it's all connected that you're an artist of authenticity or you're the warrior of love and you're all coming from that place of love. And we have many giftings and talents. That doesn't mean you stifle five to focus on one. It means I find the core and build and branch out from there. But it, the brand identity is all from the same core, right? It's not like, oh, hey, I'm the fertility expert and oh, I'm gonna go do triathlons, but not connect the two, right? So you can't be so ADD, ADHD where you're off and people don't know who you are. You have to know who you are at the connecting core. And then I just branch out, but I'm always messaging, leveraging my language that those are connected. Yes, I agree with you. And I remember when I, for example, when I was doing my my soaps, I still have my soaps that I don't have too much time lately. But every time I did my soaps, I everybody like, oh, you were branching out and now you're doing soaps. Yes, but the, all the recipes of my soaps, there was channel message. They were telling me, oh, now you're I, I channel Merlin. And many times he's the one telling me, oh, okay, for dry skin, you're going to be using this. For depression, mm -hmm. you're going to be using that. And you're going to add this and you're going to add that. Too. And I was doing my soaps channeling. Sometimes I have to have someone next to me so they can be writing the recipe or else it was that was going to be the only batch <laughs> that yeah. was going to come out. But yes, it was married to at the same time to my own channeling. Yes. And I think that's a great way for each entrepreneur to challenge ourselves to use that language for ourselves. So when people ask, oh, so you do this now or you, you abandon this or what are you into? Oh, no, you know, just like you just like when you watch TV, you don't have one channel. Yeah. Right. So like depending on our needs and people's needs, I adapt and switch the channel, but it's all coming from my knowledge and wisdom And it's all coming from that core place. But now I help channel my giftings and help people in many different ways. But it's all coming from the fact that I'm an artist of authenticity and I'm tapped into helping people. And here you need this because I know you need this channel today, but tomorrow you need this channel. And I know where to help you because it's all coming from my core business, right? Yes. And I believe that is very important. And And, and when we stop actually also listening to others in a way, the judgments of others, that's when we start also believing in ourselves. And it is easier to own it, whoever we are, because that's who we are. I think it's very hard for entrepreneurs right now, because like I said, we are being inundated with, we have such fast information and it's coming at us at such a rapid rate that if we're just starting out and we're not fully solidified in it yet. It's easy to be like, Oh, I need to do this. They're telling me this is the important, but I have to do this. Oh, but wait, this and, and the website and the sales funnels and this and networking. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. 
it's simply not possible to do all of them, right? So that's what's so important of knowing thyself and going through what I call the five W checklist. So it's the five W's. I'm a former reporter and I always have to ask the five W's in an interview. Who, what, when, where, why? So I go through people's business identity checklist and we go through your five W's. So once you have those mapped out, now when you get anything coming at you, you reconcile it with your five W's. It might line up with all four. And then the when is the very last one. It just might not be the right time, but it lines up with all the other things. And you're like, check, 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 check. But you're like, no, it's just, it's too much. I cannot take this on without something at a cost that's more of a value system for me. So that's what's really important for entrepreneurs is mapping out who you are and your business identity, where you're going, your five W's, because now it's just a yes, no reconciliation. Does this help me get closer to that goal or does it take me further away? And it's a yes, no. It's very easy once you can cut through that. But if we go to one of the, the fundamental questions of NLP, what do you want? What do probably your parents or your friends or your husband or whatever is that telling you what to do? But that's what you really want because or else that's, how do you want to get somewhere if you don't know what you want? That's one exactly. of the main questions. There's a lot of white noise out there. And so I really teach people, pick your inner circle that you do bounce things off of. I need to bounce things off my husband and some core business people that I really trust. That gives me solid advice that never discourages me, just gives me amazing advice. And so pick your like three core people. I wouldn't have more than that. I wouldn't put your questions out of your business. Facebook or social media, I would select your strategic people and go to them, but also know yourself that even if no one really fully gets it, because no one really understands your calling, but you do. So you're going to have to trust your gut sometimes, even when no one else really understands. So that's the, the amazing part of knowing myself, but also having your strategic people that know you can trust that you know what you're doing and help guide you. So when you go to them, they're not discouraging you. They're not telling you shouldn't do this and you should do this. You've got to be able to know when to trust, when to take that advice or to say no, no one to hold them, no one to fold them. You've got to know when you got to push through or take the advice and bail, right? So it's like really trusting who you are and who your inner circle is of guiding you through that, but not listening to every peanut gallery out there because you will just get so sidetracked all these different opinions so really refine who you're listening to yes and that's that's a hard one to to yeah. get because you're lucky that you had an encouraged husband and probably parents but not everybody were that lucky no and, and you know what i've struggled i'm a disruptor i'm different i i'm against the grain i'm blazing trails it's different different is unfamiliar different is like oh i don't know about that and so I have had a lot of pushback with my different tactics. But you know what? It's been hard. I won't lie. But it has so much just polished me to trust what I'm doing and to trust my instincts and to trust what I'm doing. Because when you get that pushback and if you fail and fall just because of a little bit of a questioning, 
and you're not strong enough yet. So you've got to be able to use that negativity, use the pushback and the questioning and the doubts to refine you and strengthen you in your mission. And then you've got to be able to learn that, hey, sometimes you go the wrong path and that isn't the end of the world. It's not the end. Do not fear taking a wrong route. So then you stay put and you never make a decision going forward. So, so many times fear cripples us, right? Yes. And the best way to learn, we don't learn from our successes. Like no. this, I've made so many blunders. Head. I've made so many wrong turns. But you know what? It wasn't life ending, soul crushing. It was a learning experience and a precious gift. Because now I know either you win or you learn. And, be, and both are good. <laughs> yes, I agree. Someone that gets stuck in the middle of the ideas and afraid, because many people are afraid. That's that's what is the, the main blockage. They have all these amazing ideas, great things that they can do, and they just can't do it because they're so afraid to what happened if I don't succeed? Well, they will never know if they don't try it. And there are coaches for everything, guys. So if you don't know, you don't find the correct words to actually put your head in order so you know what you want. And there's coaches for that. If you want to know also how to write your web page or actually define your who you are in your in your, in your bio and so forth. And that will help you also put your head straight and get more clarity in following your path. There are coaches. Here is here is Blaze that can help you out. There are coaches for everything, social media, etc., whatever. More than I can even imagine. Or I haven't even tried that later on. I will bring someone else that I haven't not have that uh, experience yet. But don't get stuck. It's like there is a way that we can always move forward. What would you tell the the people that they're in that afraidness? We are, we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of falling. We're afraid of putting ourselves out there and it not working. And that's just a mentality because like I said, once you fail a couple of times, you realize I didn't, it wasn't soul crushing. It, I could bounce back from that. So it's like once I can revert my mental, you know, awareness about maybe failing and the fear of what I have, maybe identifying what that fear is and then And then walking it out, being like, okay, if my greatest fear actually happens, what would happen? Okay, I would look like a fraud or I would look kind of embarrassed. Okay, but is that really the end of the world? You can't pick yourself up from it because it's like you can bounce back from that. That's not the end of the world. Worst thing happens, you try again tomorrow. (laughs) You try another way. And it's about persistence it's not about getting it right the first time it's not about always succeeding it's about persistence persistence defeats the resistance so you fall down seven times you get up eight because when you do that continuing to push through and battle back you will outlast any problem any fear because you don't give up so that's what i'm saying is like Don't get paralyzed by the fear because that ensures you will never succeed. If you never take a step forward out of fear, mm-hmm. you don't succeed. So you've already failed. So your worst fear has already happened and you never even tried. Why not give it a try and see what happens? Yes. Right? And another thing is people, I think, 
Another thing people do, and I call it out on my clients all the time because we're in fear mode, but we feel like, oh, if I take a course, I'm doing it. But you still haven't actually applied what you've learned and taken the risk and step outside and tried it. So I see a lot of people signing up for courses and conferences and certifications, and they've got certifications coming out of <laughs> and yet they've never applied all what they've learned and taken the risk, put it out there. So I tell you, don't get lost in the search. Search mode is still safe. Because you're putting it out there like, oh, yeah, I'm taking all these courses. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to do a podcast. I've taken these lessons. I bought the equipment. But how many people have never taken that next step and launched it? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. When I remember when I start, um, when I start my process of learning NLP and BQH and all these kind of certifications like coach and so forth, I started doing it because I wanted to heal myself. I was sick. Mm-hmm. And I, I was needing to heal myself because I was going to die. Mm-hmm. That, that was. So I was needing actually to heal myself. When I start healing myself and my life start transforming and so forth, like, oh, and people are like, how do you do it? Oh, I start doing it like this and so and so. And when I start explaining it, it's like, and people are like, why you don't teach this? Oh, yeah, I can't do this. <clears throat> That's how the coaching began. But I, I did not got the certification. So another certification, another certification. So how I can do business. This is the coaching. It should not be like that. It should be first working yourself. So then you can help others. It should not be vice versa. And that's a big, big, big problem that I see in everybody. They see it as a quick business, but not, they don't put it on themselves. Yes, and that's the key then because it's a disconnect between business identity and personal identity. If you haven't applied it within, there's a false identity coming into play and it's not going to connect with your audience down the road. It may be a quick hit and a success, but it won't have longevity because it's not coming from a true identity here, right? And I can totally relate with you because I have a rare autoimmune disease that I do this so I don't die. So I can totally you know, empathize and honor your experience and your willingness to put it out there and have such a resolute factor in this because we will not die. And I love that about you. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, it was a learning process at the same time. We provoked this to ourselves in one way or the in one level or the other level. So now we can undo it too. And we have to learn how to undo it. And if we help other people in the process, that's the amazing thing. The best, I believe the best coaches are the ones that they have lived more experience. And in a way, you want to call it maybe fuck up lives. I'm sorry for my wording. <laughs> but when we're teaching, we're teaching from our experience. If you are going to teach, okay, how to be an astronaut and you have never taken, uh, because you have read a bunch of books about becoming an astronaut or maybe even a class of astrophysics, is not the same of having the experience of going to the moon. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, I agree. And like vulnerability is such a key factor in there. And I think a lot of coaches, a lot of consultants and business and entrepreneurs, they start off from the vulnerability factor. But then we see some success and we grow. Then we kind of lose that holding on to the vulnerable factor. And so I encourage and I challenge people 
You've got to still hold yourself vulnerable, even with your clients. That doesn't mean you share every nasty thing you're working through. It means the layered cake mentality where you share something vulnerable and it provides a safe place for your clients to meet you in that space so they can grow. But it's also healing for you and challenging for you to meet them there rather than stand on my perch being like, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Now you go, my little ones. No, I got to meet you there. I got to show you. It's exactly like parenting. You don't just go tell your child to do something. It's the I do, we do, you do method. I do. Mama shows the, the child. I do this. I am kind. I go put this away. Now let's do this together. We do it. And now I've taught you, I've modeled it, and now you can go forth and do it. When they tell you, oh, you, the fear, you have to work it out. Yes. But they never tell you how. So how are you going to work it out? Work your fear? Like, yeah, but how are going to work out that fear? That's why it is important. If you actually learn from experience, you will know how to teach others. Because yes. you can work it with yourself. But if you have never done it, it is so easy to say, yeah, work it out. Work out your fear. But you have to. Yeah, I think coaching can get lost in the words of, of how we sell our programs, right? Because we all have fear. I don't care who you are and what you've done in your life and what you've conquered. Every single person faces fear all the time. I do all the time. I've learned how to identify it and what to do with it. So that's what I tell people is like, understand your triggers because there's your fear. So what is a trigger? Oh, it's that little thing that gives you almost a body sensation when something is charging you whether it's a trauma or it's just something that makes you feel unsafe or charged. Mine, my ears get hot, my heart palpitates, and I almost get frozen where I can't even think of the words to say. And in that moment, I'm like, ah, I'm being triggered right now for some reason. Now now it's my responsibility to go back and why am I triggered there? Was that them? Was that a them thing? And it's triggering something very personal in me, or is it a me thing, or is it a combination of the two? And what can I do to calm the trigger, self-regulate, and not let that trigger and fear rule me? I control the narrative of that, but I have to understand how to work through the trigger and the fear in order to push through it and walk through it. That, that has to do a lot with the becoming aware or becoming the observer. Very self-reflective, very self-reflective. That's so important in business. We don't have a clue. That is so key in business. It's not just a personal wooey thing. To be so self-aware and reflective and turn the mirror on yourself, even in business. Wow, are you going to be an amazing entrepreneur and business leader in this in this world? Yes, because it is important to, to observe and observe ourselves. Why this is reacting, making us react. Many times when I'm writing something and uh, that's one of the things like I have to become aware of what I'm writing, how much I'm holding it back and why I'm holding myself back. And there's a fear that's showing up. It's like, he, I have to talk about these painful things that I passed. People are going to judge me and that's become the fear and so and so. And when we're becoming aware of that, we're healing ourselves. And that's being vulnerable. It is... It is key point to to be observing ourselves. What is actually limiting us? What are we afraid of? Totally. And I think often we just kind of 
go lean into that's just how I am. That's just how I react. That's just who I am. But why? Let's 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 maybe peel back that layer and be like, why do you react that way? Why do you do this? Why do I act this way when something of like this happens? And then it helps me understand and it helps me you know, be a better person in that moment rather than reactive. I'm always reacting. And then I think it's their fault. Well, no, I reacted. So I, I'm the, like the controller and I own the reaction, whether you, whatever you did was right or wrong or even neutral. I am in control of what happened with my reactions. So in business negotiating, even when someone questions your prices, we get all this reaction and we get we get mad and we think that's them, but really, why do we react that way? What's triggering us there? What do we need to work on? Do we have money issues? Do we have self-worth issues to work on? And we always have stuff. It's an endless journey until we leave this world that we need to work on things and heal rather than hurt, whether it's ourselves or others, right? That takes me to the imposter syndrome. Yes. Because I believe that's a very important one. And that's one of the reasons why people even have problems writing their biography. Because, oh, yeah. the, because the imposter syndrome, that's what they feel. That doesn't make it true, but that's what they're feeling. Well, we have been, again, like I said, so many circumstances, people in our lives, it, you know, things that have happened that have made us feel unworthy, that have questioned or even value on this earth. And we're in a culture where we're graded basically on our doing rather than our being. So it's like whatever we do and accomplish, that has become the marker of our worth and our value. So if I can't share that, if I can't, you know, if I haven't won all these awards and done all this business stuff and earned a million dollars, then I must not be worthy. And then I don't have a bio to even share. So we, we almost feel like I am not worthy of my own biography, which is, it's you. <laughs> even if you've had the most troubled past where you feel like nothing is worthy of sharing guess what our biography doesn't determine our destiny our future so today I'm going to own who I am today and own the scars and it's part of my story and it's just like the Japanese art of kintsugi where they don't throw away the broken piece of pottery when a cup breaks they infuse it with gold And they highlight this pot that's been broken, that's flawed, and now it has gold in it. And now it's even more valuable because of the flaw. And so if we can change our mentality around what we've done or haven't done, allow that to become our current biography, wow, what a celebration. And if everyone could do that, could you imagine the strength and purposeful people we would see? We have to remember, all of us, that we react to certain situations. With we we choose certain certain paths with information we had in that time. Yeah. It is important for us to forgive ourselves the mistake we did and just observe again. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from those mistakes so you could move forward, or else you're going to get stuck feeling, "Oh, I'm going to be afraid to commit the same mistake." So. I don't find love again. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Shame and guilt. And we carry it like a heavy suitcase. Yes. And I was one of them. <laughs> and I just had to let it go and be like, you know what? I'm made for a reason. I am not wrong. I am not bad. Yes, I've done some bad things. Oh, well, I've learned from them. 
I don't do that anymore. I've changed. I'm committed to being the best person I can be. And that's all I can do. And we'll never be perfect. So I always go to like, whether it's in business or in personal life, where it's the 80-20 rule. I was the perfectionist. I was the overachiever because I couldn't find value in myself. And I had to project as perfection. Everything I had to do was overachieving, type A, control the outcome, be celebrated for my achievements. But you know what? I still was never perfect. I can never be perfect. But 80% of me can be excellent. And if it's that 20%, that's my flaws and my weaknesses, that's always going to be there. So the 80-20 rule, if I can be 80% excellent, I'm okay with my 20% weaknesses. But with a point of comparison that you're not perfect from the point of views of others, mm-hmm. that's not your issue too. Actually, you're not going to be, you're not a goal. We're not gold coins anyway. No. So we're perfect in the way we are. Yes. And the moment we are accepting ourselves and we start loving ourselves, we just connect those ships and then we can start valuing ourselves. And then probably from your own experience, you might want to put open your own business, but from your own experience. And that's when you're going to need all these coaches and all these uh, amazing people that are going to show you how. Something that I, I, I would like to ask you, I've been having this issue that I've been trying to write two books at the same time. <laughs> and you have to write the content to all the classes that you have to teach because that's, uh, that's another way of serving. But how do, do they only have 24 hours? <laughs> Be a mother and try to also have a life at the same time. Yes. That is very hard. How do you handle all that when you're, you have to write so many things at the same time? Because the content is, is as important as your book. Right. And I think that in a perfect world, we could do one thing at a time and, and finish it and complete. Sometimes that just doesn't work. Like I'm writing my second book right now. That's priority. But I have other ventures that I'm working on. I, I write an article once a month for a magazine. I have clients, right? I have all of these responsibilities. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have a nonprofit agency. So like there's a lot of things my hands are in. <laughs> but it's like that the five W's and you know, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? Well, I kind of pick my top three. So my top one is obviously my self-care and my health because I'm doing all of this to not die. So if anything comes up where I am taking away from my self-care, then that's a mute point. That's counterproductive. So I'm always reconciling, can I take this on or am I having fun with this? Is this something that's helpful for me if not top goal? It's always a yes, no reconciliation. The next priority, I, I have about top three priorities and then I have some wish lists or just some to-do lists that I know that I can work on the timeline of. But my book is top priority, but I also realize the timeline and the deadline has to be fluid because... My life is a little bit chaotic. So I need to be able to say, okay, I have a deadline for this, but if I don't make it, it's not the end of the world. And I'm continually working and growing and progressing through it, but it hasn't been as a tight of a timeline as I initially had thought. So I just encourage people, be very realistic with your expectations. Because we think we can do so much and commit and we say, yes, 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 I'm going to do this. And then we're like frazzled and burnt out and then the process that's supposed to be healing has now become the stressor. 
So I'm asking you to be very real with what you can accomplish and realize you need to progress through it and finish it. But is it reasonable to think that you can do two things at one time at a tight deadline? Like maybe set a looser deadline for one and focus on the first one. Because if you're constantly working on both and stretching yourself, you may never get either of them done. Yes, that's, that is true. I'm right. Gonna... So, you know, you can like put a little bit of energy in that second one, but put more energy into the first one. So you at least see the completion of it and then move on. I cross it off the list and move to the next thing. Continually growth, progression, finish the task. Don't start five things and never complete any of them. Yes, you're right. I, I'm going to start focusing on that because it's getting crazy. I, I need to finish my book and uh, and that is almost done. But uh, but the content is important. <laughs> I have to yes. write it. <laughs> it is. And it's about balancing. And sometimes it looks very different. For, it looks different for everybody of what balance means, right? Because everyone has a different value system and priority. But constantly... Priorities change too. Like you set off the priority this month and next month you're like, oh, things really took a turn there and I'm going to have to adjust the priority here. And that's okay. Permission to change the deadline, to change the priority, to change and harness whatever you're needing in that moment. It's okay. We have permission. And something that I, I just find out, I'm very easy to adapt to new situations. It's very simple for me. And I am not um, so strict, but I've been encountering counting many, many people that they have that issue, mm-hmm. that they can adapt to new situations. Yeah. And I believe that's a main issue of right now around the world. It was, it used to be like that all the time. Yes, but now it's different. And we just try, if we get learned to adapt to the new situations in our life, that's how we can change actually our reality because we take the stress out. Well, and you're so right, acceptance, right? Because it's like some people say, like, how do you handle the stress or how do you balance? And I, and I say acceptance because I ask the question, can I do anything to change this, whatever circumstance I'm facing? And usually we can't. If you can, go take the step to change the, the circumstance and move forward. But the pandemic, life that we're experiencing, We cannot change what we're in right now. So I'm going to have to find a way to accept some part of it to release the pressure valve of this death death grip control. So that's what we have. We're control freaks. We want to control our reality and control the outcome and, and know exactly. So there's no surprises and no hits and no traumas because we've been surprised before and it hurts. So we want to control the atmosphere and control our reality. Well, guess what? The jig is up. You cannot control it all the time. And I'm the control freak, recovering control freak. I cannot control it, but I can control how I look at it. And it doesn't end me. So even though I don't like it, I'm frustrated. But if I can just accept my reality here, I find some peace and balance within that. And I coexist in that moment. So it's just learning acceptance, taking a breath. And what can I do today to have a better reality than this really pent up frustrated person that's angry that can't adapt? We need to be able to be flexible and adapt. And, you know, something comes at me and I'm like, all right, how do I turn this around and make it a good thing? Make it my pearl. 
And so it's, it's a different question because we always say, why me or how come? And that creates that level of frustration and not adaptability. Well, now I'm changing the question of like, what can I do with it to turn it around? Yes, but because when we're saying, why me? We're just going with a victimhood. Yeah. And that will get you stuck. Yeah. It I, is, and we can't stop these surprises of coming. It's, it's reality, it's life. And we keep trying to control the outcome of it and turn it around without actually changing anything about our own mentality, right? So we need to be able to dig deep. And, and that's part of it, the resistance. We need it to change us, to refine us. And it is our gift. Our pain, our resistance is actually the key to our purpose and our pearls. We need it. And it's, I've said this before. I don't know if I've ever told you this but it's the story of the oyster and the pearl. So the oyster is so different than human behavior. And I love to, you need to go and use the oyster mentality. When the oyster is sitting there in the little piece of parasite, the grit that comes in to attack it. And generally when we have that as humans and we have this problem or a situation that it's about to come attack us, we clamp down because we're like, I don't want to feel pain. I don't want resistance. I want like easy flow. I don't want to have to change. Right. And so we clamp down, but the oyster does the opposite. The oyster knows that very parasite that's coming to try and attack it is the key to its very purpose. The oyster opens up and draws the little parasite in. And it coats it with this special liquid because it's like, come on, little fella. I know what to do with my problem. I don't run from it. I don't hide from it. I don't clamp down. I actually draw it in because it is the key to my pearl. And I coat it every day until it turns into a pearl. The parasite actually becomes the pearl. So the oyster does the complete opposite of what human behavior does. It doesn't shy away from the problem and the challenge. It draws in and leans into it and turns it into its pearl. It cannot make its pearl without the problem. Yes, I love so that. So humans need to learn that whenever we're faced with something we don't want to adapt and don't want in our life, yeah, it's not something to turn away from and change. It's actually something to turn into something. I really love that story. It is. It is true. It is true. We it's powerful. It's powerful. More that we affront our fears, we can actually shift our reality. We can. Yes. That's the only way. You can. We all want the scary. pearl, right? We all want the pearl. We all want the outcome of like I did it, but we don't want the problem. I'm like yeah. I'm telling you, you, can't get the pearl without the problem. So face the problem and, and ask that question of how can I turn this around? Yes. And that's a, that should be a lesson for all of us because all of us, like you mentioned, we have uh, fears. And the only way to overcome those fears, we have to confront them. There is no other way to get out of the fear. Oh, and you're not bad if you have fear. Because then we think, oh, no, all the work that I've done. I'm a fraud. I'm like, no, no, no. You're always going to have fear. It's learning to identify when am I being triggered in that fear and what am I going to do about it? That's all. What am I going to do with it today? And sometimes 
I'm not ready yet to push through that wall, but I'm aware that I'm feeling that fear. And that's a win in itself, being so aware that this is being a, a trigger for me. I'm afraid and I'm learning how to push through that wall. I'm not maybe quite there yet, but I'm working towards it. And so it's just understanding and welcoming that I can coexist with the fear. You cannot be brave and courageous without fear. We talk about, oh, be brave. Well, you need fear in order to be brave. <laughs> yes, and we see in all the uh, all the heroes that we had in the world, uh, they were afraid to, every time they went to a battle, every time they had to affront something, they were afraid. They just, but they still did it. Yeah, fearless doesn't mean the absence of fear. I'm fearless, but I'm fearless in a way where I don't let fear own me and control me. Yes. I turn it around and I own it, but it's still there beside me every day. And I have to talk down to it and say, you don't own me today. But that's the fearless. I'm leaving it behind. But I'm not saying I, I don't have it at all. I am fully aware it's present with me. Yes. That's a true airing. <laughs> and thank you for being you. Do you have something else that you would like to add? Yeah, I think that if anyone is interested in, in learning about how to navigate their own identity or their business identity or anything like that, you know, you can always visit my website, blazehunter.com, and I can help you with that, whether it's copywriting, birthing your books. I also have a nonprofit agency where I really help counsel and change the medical system with regards to infertility and loss. So I'm really excited. It's called Footprints Infertility and Pregnancy Loss Support Initiative. And I'm really advocating for women's reproductive health rights in that regard, that we're still fertile and we can birth, you know, peace amongst our pain. So, you know, it's just lovely to have this dialogue with you, you know, and like we said, you know, all these different channels and outlets. Yeah, I, ha I have a lot, but it all comes from the premise of, you know, my identity and I'm fertile and I birth things and I want other people to birth things in their life and birth their purpose and be confident and not have imposter syndrome own what they're doing I, i'm so excited to celebrate what you're doing and everybody else of like well, all our really amazing unique giftings and their contribution to this world right we all need each other guys i already had a, an appointment with her and you blow my mind so <laughs> it will blow your mind too so give her a call look for her she's gonna really make you believe in yourself and find the correct word in word is going to describe who you truly are. And sometimes you just need that. It's the essence because everybody's like, well, I don't really have anything. And I'm like, everybody does. I just need to tap into that and we need to highlight it, right? Because, you know, there's only one you, Monica. There's only one Blaze. And thank God for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, you're so unique and you're cut from such a unique cloth. And we want to celebrate that. You know, there are millions of coaches. We need to take you out of the coach or the consultant label and give you an identity beyond that that's just so unique for you, that sets you apart, that makes you memorable, that taps into your heart, that then connects to the heart of your people and your sphere. And that's like the magic formula when you can tap into here and then it connects to outside, right? So that's the, the whole thing that I do is just help people do that because that's 
what's going to set your business up for grand success is because it's always fed from that heart place. And people always say like, when I go on stage and I breathe fire and I roar, I literally roar like a lion with a sword. And that's me and that's my brand and that's all my essence. But people always say like, are you exhausted? Aren't you? You must be so drained and tired. And, and actually I'm fueled. It heals me every time I do that. And that is the key. When you go up and you speak and you talk and it lights you up, it's healing for us. Whether we need physical healing from a disease or we just want to inject healing rather than hurting in our lives, when you can tap into that, it is, it is limitless. It is the fountain of youth that never runs dry. So if you can tap into the art of your language and the way you speak to connect, it will fuel you. And that is the point of, of life. Yes, I totally agree with you. It is, it is very important to refine ourselves and connect with ourselves. It, it is. So I recommend everybody, all our listeners, for the ones that are uh, seeing this interview right now or later on in the future, tap into yourself and ask, who, what do you want? So like that, you can ask those five questions to yourself. And if you have any troubles, here is place. I will recommend her tremendously. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.